This is the Lord of the Rings right. of podcasts. One of the owners of Tono Pizzeria plus cheesesteak. I don't know where you grow up to like not know how to hold a pizza. Shaz just broke down for you all how to hold a pizza. If Do I, not hold it like a suitcase. If, Licking our lips. Oh, oh yo, this guy God. turns into Winnie the Pooh for that honey sauce. Wow, we got our first fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the slices are stupidly big. They're huge. They're like the size of, you know, my head. I want to be the manager there. <laughs> I'm available all the time, anytime. I'm in my casket and I'm available. I went full green bubble, right? I went full Android mode. Yeah. On an iPhone. On an iPhone. And doing things like you would have done maybe back yeah. in the 90s. But, yeah, yeah. But now as, Without as an these adult. phones. The world was connected before the internet. You know, you have to understand all of th these ecosystems were built to addict you. Hi, my name's Emrod. <laughs> <laughs> I was an alcoholic. I just like liquor. Living life in analog, I call it. So, Julian's been crying to Instagram about collaboration and no one has listened. Give me back the feature. <laughs> all right, you want to use your phone? Hit accept. How did you feel when you unplugged from the world? What you don't understand is yeah. that the Matrix has you. No. At the end of this, we're going to offer Shaz the red or the blue pill. Like, who doesn't want a billion dollars type thing? If it was anything else, I would have walked out. <laughs> I'm done. Glad yeah. we didn't do it my way. No, just the question is always, why are you so quiet? What's wrong? Is everything okay? Ain't nobody asking the other people, like, why are you so loud? Yeah. Why no. are you always talking? I, I've always been just a curious George. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 13 of Weekly Deposit. Uh, let me start off by saying personally, this is the one guest I was looking forward to. Uh, an entrepreneur in every sense of the word, even if he doesn't believe it. Uh, an engineer, <laughs> one of the owners of Tono Pizzeria plus Cheesesteak uh, here in Minnesota. Uh, also a part owner of Frank and Andrea's. Uh, social media guru, even though you won't find him on social media. <laughs> Uh, someone I'm honored to call a friend, a brother, someone that can cut through the BS of the world and provide uh, clarity, an eloquent speaker, an even better writer, super smart, still down to earth, just an all around great guy. I'm super thrilled and pleased. Uh, so please, let's give a warm welcome to the wonderful guest, Shaz Khan. Thank you. Thanks for joining the show. Thank you. Thank Thanks you, for sir. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate Shaz, it. thank you for being here. So let's dive right in. We want to kind of talk, uh, me and Julian are big foodies. You know, obviously you're part owner of a restaurant, but we want to talk about incredible food um, where new places that are not in Minnesota. Is there something that you've eaten recently that you're like, man, this place, obviously not in Minnesota. Um, I know you like to go to Hawaii a lot. Is there a place where you're like, hey, you guys have to try this place. It's, it, the food is delicious. It's so satisfying. Um, anything you can think of off the top of your head. Yeah, you know, there, there's not a particular brand um, that I have an affinity for. I just, I like ambiance. Yeah. And this is going to sound very generic coming from somebody who's in the restaurant industry. Mm -hmm. I'll provide more context on that later. But, um, you know, it, as long as the food is good and the ambiance is good, is great, like, honestly, I'll go anywhere. Mm. Okay. Really. Um, I mean, there isn't, like, a category of food that I'm averse to. Mm -hmm. It's anything kind of flies. I guess, let's, l l let me redirect the question. If you, let's say Hawaii, right, yeah. because I do know that you go there for time to time for work. Uh, what's the one place where, you're like, I got to go there to eat? So I'll head up to the North Shore, okay. and um, there is a food truck up there. Um, the area is kind of ridden with food trucks. They're, it's known for that, but um, the name is escaping me. But they have uh, a mahi-mahi burrito, which is, it, it, it's, 
it's it's a mesh between two foods that usually don't go together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it goes together very well. Then again, I'm a I'm a fish eater, so yeah, I I'm, I love fish. You I like love, fish? Yeah. What's your favorite? Fish? Yes, salmon. That's correct. See, I'm so simple. <laughs> it's like the vanilla of fish. Hey, salmon, salmon's good, especially wild-caught salmon. Yeah. Uh, it's delicious. You're so not making me look it. very good. People are going to be like, uh, Tono, we ain't going. <laughs> no, we don't have fish pizza, I promise. Listen, we were, we were talking about business highlights, and we were talking about Tono earlier, and literally all three of us were just like licking our lips, like especially Julian for the honey sauce. Oh, oh yo, this guy God. turns into Winnie the Pooh for that honey sauce. Bro. I really do. That, that honey sauce... I don't know what's in it. It might be crack, but <laughs> it's amazing. Like I, I go overboard with putting it on like the pizza, the cheese steaks, all. Do you remember that. one really time? Bad. It's, it's really bad. It's really bad. Do you remember it's the one time the DoorDasher didn't bring the honey I was sauce pissed. and you were mad? <laughs> no, I was, yeah, I was legit mad. Yeah, yeah legit mad. Legit, he's like, leave him a bad review. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, I, I think no. I did leave him a bad review. No, not for you guys. Oh. For the DoorDasher. No, no, no. I was no. like, how you gonna do me like no, that? No, no, for the no, DoorDasher because no, we put in there bring the honey sauce in caps. I put it in caps. Wait, do you guys have two honey? sauce or there's one uh there's honey ranch and honey barbecue i think so no there's that spicy honey the sweet spicy hot honey, honey. hot honey yeah yeah, yeah yeah and i think he got confused because i think he brought the honey ranch and that's not the one that julian no that's not the one that i want i want the <laughs> the, the spicy honey well one. it was our but, fault because we should have been more specific <laughs> you know in all fairness we don't have that as an option on doordash so you have to kind of like Put it in your notes yeah. because they're free. I did right? put it in the notes. No, I know, I know, but I'm saying you're also <laughs> expecting the driver to read. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. not exactly the skill. But re- reading is yeah. hard these but days. But we yeah. put just honey. <laughs> like have this guy just bring Bro, us. Honey. You want to talk about DoorDash drivers? And I'm on the Restaurant Advisory Council for DoorDash, so mm, okay. I don't know if this is going to get me kicked off. But um, one time when we were first opening Frank and Andrea's, right? We have these large 20 inch, 18 inch pies. Yeah. Yep. Right. And a DoorDash driver came in and back then we were brand new. And yeah. if you know anything about me, like I'm like the back of the house, back side of the business, like, you know, behind a computer, mm-hmm. like you don't find me in the kitchen. And if you do, there is a problem. Yes. Right. So back then, the only thing I could do was stand at the register, ring people up and do the tech stuff. Right. Yeah. So I'm doing that. DoorDash driver comes in. I'm like, oh, uh, well, who's the order for? Right. Grab the order, put the box down, put it on the counter turn around to grab something else, like napkins or something for him, turn back around, he's walking out, and I'm like, my man, come back here. He's got, now, I don't, I don't know where you grow up to like not know how to hold a pizza, <laughs> but there's only really one, one way intuitively to hold a pizza, right? The box is like this, yeah. it's shaped this way. It's hold it like a briefcase? Like, correct. He <laughs> flipped that thing around. And like held it sideways. He held it sideways. Sideways, right? I'm like, like a suitcase. I'm like, my like dude, a- please come back, right? <laughs> he put it back down. I'm like, open it, right? I'm trying to like walk him through what he just did to his customer. So he opens it. Cheese is slid off. Everything's like on one side. I'm like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> so it takes all kinds. You know, and uh, I've just, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Shaz just broke down for you all how to hold a pizza. <laughs> it's oh, a podcast to. first. I, Do I, not I, hold it like a suitcase. If please. I ever see that, 
you will be on my blacklist. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. I'm, I'm just, I, I just want to see the person he delivered it to. <laughs> like, no, he, we didn't let that. Okay, no, good. you can't. That's good, bad because on the it wouldn't yeah. even go against the driver. It was like somehow come against back to you guys, which yeah. is unfair. But yeah, you know. I mean that's you know, uh, and I'm sure we'll get to this later too. Yeah. Generally, people aren't perceptive of what's really happening around them, right? Yeah. All they know is I want food, I get food. Who do I blame <laughs> for food, right? Right. So they're not like looking at all the <laughs> mechanics and the logistics in between of who's involved, right? They see, they see the name. That's it. You're to blame, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. I want food right now, but anyway, <laughs> okay. So I want some tono right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I could have well, brought some. And, and, yeah, you know, come I, on, Jay. Oh, should have brought some. It's okay. It's okay. I didn't we're gonna make go, it a messy podcast. We're gonna go oh, yeah, to yeah. True, we're gonna go true. to the the business highlight, and we'll have tone um, make us a couple. Yeah. So. That's even better. That's yep. perfect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you don't want Chaz making them. <laughs> yeah, correct. <laughs> just Chaz, uh, just uh, uh, at the point of sale, the POS. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much it. Uh, no. So you are part owner, uh, you know, of, of Tono Pizzeria Plus Cheesesteaks, which has five locations now throughout the Soon to the be metro? six. Yeah. Soon oh, to be wow. six. Where's the yeah. six opening? Um, well, I haven't told anyone. Oh, okay, yet, okay. So okay, that's, that's under wraps. That's yeah, under wraps. Yeah, yeah. So Couple the five location, yeah, the five locations. Uh, the first one, the flagship Maplewood. Yep. Uh, then St. Paul. Correct. Uh, Coon Rapids. Um, and then Woodbury. That's right. And Chanhassen. Wow, we got our first fanboy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Pay me nice in honey way. sauce. <laughs> uh, no, and you kind of mentioned this a little bit beforehand, but tell us what your role is, uh, how this all kind of came about to be, uh, and what what you find in the re- restaurant business. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it all kind of goes back to uh, my friendship with uh, my best friend, Antonio, Antonio mm. Gambino. Um, I always follow that up with, if you haven't heard the name, there's a joke in there somewhere. I won't yeah. tell you what the joke is, but if you know, you know. Um, Google Gambino. <laughs> the Gambino family. Google that. Um, but, you know, we went to high school together, or I think even middle school. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, when we graduated high school, we kind of went off and did our own thing, right? Yeah. I went to the University of Minnesota. He continued on in his family business with Andrea Pizza, slice shop in the Skyways of Minneapolis um, and St. Paul. And uh, a few years out of school, um, out of college, that is for me, uh, you know, we kind of reconvened and we were like, oh, you're kind of cool, man. You know, mm-hmm. I remember you and we started hanging out. And uh, then over the years, we were just talking about, you know, doing something together um, mm-hmm. because we were best friends. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that adage you hear a lot, like, don't do business with friends. I think that's BS. Like, I think that's the worst advice on the planet. I know why people say it. Uh, it's because you don't want to lose friends uh, yeah. over things like money and, and whatnot. But who better to do business with than people that you develop a rapport and a trust with? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Right? Like, why would you want to create like a f- uh, force a fabricated trust with some other individual and isolate them out of the the box of friendship mm-hmm. and not to do business with the people who you already do trust and who would be there for you, right? Yep. And so. Um, you know, we have very complementary but opposing skill sets for the most part. Um, like I yes. said, I went to <laughs> I went to school for uh, electrical engineering, and so my mind is uh, was already kind of primed towards you know numbers and analysis and programming and stuff. Like I know eleven programming languages. Like, what do you do with that, right? So I worked in the industry for a little bit, um, and I've always had an inkling to you know do something that's a little bit different yep. and try to 
one of my favorite things to do in life is to take sets of knowledge and ideas and axioms from different pieces of uh, different areas of life and see how I can collide them with other verticals and other industries in order to create something new. That's how innovation happens, mm-hmm. right? And uh, when he approached me, he was like, you know, we should work together um, in like 2013, 14, I think. Um, I was like, well, what are you thinking? And he's like, well, I want to continue and build on my family's legacy and, and, you know, branch off and do my own thing. And that's how Frank and Andrea was born, named after yep. his father, Andrea, and his brother, Frank. Um, in Dinky Town. In Dinky Town. Yep. Amazing pizza, by the water. way. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, I actually prefer uh, Frank and Andrea. But I didn't. More than Tono. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Man. Really? I'm, I'm like a college kid at heart, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah the slices are stupidly big. They're huge. <laughs> they're like the size of, you know, my head. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Bigger. Yeah, yeah. They're bigger than that. Yeah. yeah it's, there's a little bit more variety at Frank and Andrea. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, more it's playful, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's New York style pie. Yeah, I was going to say New yep. York style. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, so here's the thing, right? After being in the restaurant industry for now eight years, like I make it sound like I'm I don't know, like well versed in like kitchen activities and like yeah. just foodiness, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm really I, these are just like things I picked up over time, right? To be yeah. able to talk the talk, mm-hmm. where I really shine, um, and and you know what what landed me on a, a, a number of these software councils and and hospitality technology companies is being able to understand and comprehend, you know, that merger between um, engineering, technology, programming, analytics, and and the hospitality business yeah. at large. And so that's that's really my role. Um, so we opened Frank and Andrea's um, in 2016. Uh, the project was underway well before that. It you know it takes like a year and a half. Uh, yep. That was our first one. So uh, we found a prime spot in, in Dinkytown, and um, we've been open ever since. Uh, been almost eight years now, um, continuing to grow and uh, want to keep, keep growing on other campuses across the Across, across, the the, across the nation. So that's that's the plan that you guys are want to, you know, go to Chicago or just wherever. I mean, big big D1. Chicago, yeah, well, yeah, the big well, D1 big school. Yeah, Big Ten. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so we're, we do buy the slice because of the yeah. size of the slices, right? And yeah. uh, you can imagine there's, uh, there's a huge attraction for late night crowds, especially college aged. Yep. And, um, you know, we just give the people what they want. So um, you place yourself on in the right place. And um, we, we want the whole intent there with that brand was to up the ante on um, campus food or the idea of campus food, mm-hmm. right? Like, again, I'm not, you know, by trade uh, originally like a foodie, but I know what campus food tastes like. When yep. you hear the term, you know what it means, right? Yep. And so, uh, you know, there was a prominent slice place in, in Dinkytown, um, and I remember going there when I was in college and I just remember again, the quality, the price of the food, you, you know what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. We wanted to change that. Yeah. So yeah. we brought, you know, what people like really identified as, as quality, um, from the, from the, the legacy and, and the, and the, uh, historical recipes of, of Antonio's family. I mean, our, those recipes go back like over 84 years. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, that there's something to be said about that. Um, so, yeah, we just wanted to bring that quality and at, at an affordable price point um, to Minnesota, uh, to Dinkytown in particular. And College kids don't have a lot of money. So yeah, you know, you, you want to, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So I, I know you guys, you know, I was kind of around when you guys opened the first tonal location in Maplewood. Yeah. Shortly after the pandemic comes in, which, you know, 
shuts down a lot of restaurants. A lot of restaurants have to pivot, change their style. I think you guys were so well positioned and pivoted so quickly, thanks to you and the other the other owners. Um, what advice would you have for other restaurant owners who are going through quote unquote tough times? I know the pandemic's a little bit over now, but you know, if something else strikes again or something else closes, what's that way where they can still get their food out quickly, safely to people? Is there some tip you have for, for restaurant owners? Yeah. So, I mean, you said something there and it was to make sure that they can get their food out quickly and safely. And I, I, I think that, you know, that premise is already, uh, operating on the assumption that a thing that could happen is, is like a health hazard, like, yeah, you know, yeah. the, the, the entire COVID thing that happened, but, um, there's, there's so much else that could go wrong, right? It's yeah. business, right? Yeah, and yeah. not only that, it's, it's a business of service. And so yeah. you never really know what's, what's around the corner. Right. And because of that, um, I mean, our, our, our kind of philosophy is, just always be learning and always be on the edge, uh, on the, on the cutting edge of, of what's next. So mm-hmm. even if things are going great, um, you're not trying to like constantly outdo yourself because you're paranoid that someone else is going to, you know, take market share. Yeah. Um, but you're doing it because you want to better your product and in the process you're learning. And even if you don't achieve that right away, mm-hmm. that, that learning process is going to position you with so much knowledge and so much, um, you know, contact with the others in your community that if and when something sporadic, random, unforeseen does happen, uh, what you just have more tools in your tool chest to react to, the, to, to what's occurring. And so in the case of the pandemic, or, or I should say in the case of the um, mandates that stemmed from the pandemic, yeah. um, you know, the realization across the industry that a mobile experience, a takeout experience, a digital experience was of paramount importance. It, it just, you know, rose to the top because yeah. I remember it's not that long ago, five years ago, how many places were doing online ordering? Some, maybe Some, not, not a lot, not a not lot, a lot, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's crazy to think about because high speed internet like became a thing mainstream like 20 yeah. something years ago. Mm-hmm. And yet, just five years ago, it was kind of hit or miss who's doing online ordering. And even if it was there, it was like kind of choppy and, you know, yeah. um, only like prime brands were doing it. Ma and pa places or smaller businesses yeah, they, weren't really, they, No, you know, they weren't doing it. They didn't it have the infrastructure, the knowledge, the tools. It wasn't widely available. Um, and, and so making sure that, you know, being a tech enthusiast and, and being surrounded by people like that who, who want to, you know, do things innovatively for the sake of uh, providing a better experience for the customer um, allowed us to kind of do do things like that. Maybe not as good as some of the major brands out yeah. there that have thousands of locations. Well, I was going to say, sorry to interject, I was going to say, honestly, Tono ordering is one of the best and easiest ways because there's a lot of times where I don't like certain things and I can ask for it off. Yeah. There's a lot of times I go through the same system that Tono has. What is it? Uh, toast. Toast, Yes. And, and I can't like, hey, I don't want bacon on this or I don't want onions on this or this and that. And mm-hmm. it's like I have to call the place and like, hey, I just put in this order, but yeah. I don't want this on there. And, and that's exactly right, right? So Toast is a, is a platform that it's a point of sale platform, yep. right? And they also offer an online ordering um, kind of module, if you mm-hmm. will, right? And there's a number of different products out there that will allow a restaurant to perform online ordering now more than ever, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was saying, five years ago, you couldn't barely find an option. Mm-hmm. In fact, when we opened Dinkytown, Frank and Andrea, it was like hard to come by. 
but it was because we were starting to do that and we kind of recognized, you know, what worked, what didn't work, what we wanted it to look like and not to look like, mm-hmm. uh, that when that moment occurred where, okay, you can only do takeout, like we were right there already on people's phones, in their feeds, on their, uh, you know, Instagram reels, um, on their Snapchat, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, getting people's attention in the places that they're already at in order to give them the most fluid, seamless, and uh, effortless ordering experience. Um, But with Toast, you know, you can design your menu. And one thing that we were, like, very adamant about was, okay, whatever the ingredients are on each of these uh, items on the menu, we want people to have the ability to remove each and every one of them um, just as, as an option. Because... It's just a more of a frictionless experience, right? Yes. If you have to call yes. in order to remove a thing, like that's another 10 minutes of your time and 10 minutes of their time. Yes. They don't want to deal with it and you hate dealing with yes. it. Yes. The whole point of me going through the online is so I don't have to talk, talk to, to someone. Them. Correct, right. <laughs> yep. Do you like using Toast and DoorDash and, and Uber Eats and, <laughs> and all those guys? Because I, I see a lot of small businesses or small restaurants that absolutely hate DoorDash and they can't, but they need to use it to stay alive. Yeah, the necessary evil thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're never going to be, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but the reality is you've got a billion dollar beast out there, right? In the case of like DoorDash, right? Um, I, I love Toast, first of all. Um, I'm not just saying that because I'm on their advisory board or anything, but I gen- genu- I'm on there because I enjoy the product, right? And yeah. I, I think they, they're doing all the right things, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's very rare for a software company and a service-based business uh, to react as quickly as they have to releasing like different features and products. And I mean, now like you knew the name, you know what I yeah. mean? Like who would have thought that you'd know the name of a point of sale system? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I actually use toast. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. Yeah. So, so, so that, very familiar with the product. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's awesome. Um, but when it comes to like, you know, these, these companies, you have to, they're not going anywhere just because yeah. an industry doesn't like them. They're not going anywhere. Right. Yeah. Because it's uh, how should I put this? They're too big to fail. Yeah. Right. And so when something, when, when that's the case, you got to learn to live with it. You got to learn to work with it. You got to learn to leverage it. Right. And so, yes, there's this entire set of um, criteria whereby you benefit from it. But also if, if you don't know what you're doing and you just sign on the dotted line without reading things, without forming contacts, without getting to know what's what and, and how it all works, mm-hmm. Well, as this is the case with everything, would you sign a contract without reading it? I mean, a lot of people. I hope. Don't. I hope you don't. But we do, right? Yeah. yeah. Like terms and service of. I mean, yeah. your Apple iPhone, music, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not even. I mean, yeah. your phone updates. It's like, all right, you want to use your phone? Hit accept. Oh, wait, you got to scroll all that. You're not reading all yeah, that, Yeah, you're not right? reading all that. No. Now, you're depending on the fact that they're going to do right by yeah, you. Yeah, it's and in good a lot of a lot of times, that's not the case, right? And yeah. so, but when, when, you have, when you have a product that you can, um, you know, reach out to um, the, the, the powers that be, right? Or your point of contact there. Like, when you buy a phone, you're not in touch necessarily with somebody at uh, Apple HQ, I've been or, trying or, to call Tim Cook, but he won't answer. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> uh, Tim, answer my phone calls. <laughs> um, you know, but in, in, like contrary to that, when, when you're getting signed up for DoorDash, whether it's uh, because you wanted to do it or because some salesperson came and contacted you, yeah. you have an opportunity to talk to people and make inroads at those companies because they're doing something that, for example, Apple isn't. 
mm-hmm. right? Because of the business that they're in. Mm-hmm. And you have to avail the, that opportunity if you're in the restaurant space. Yeah. And that's how we forged those relationships and understood those contracts and renegotiated things and, and made them um, more equitable for us so that we aren't subjugated by what's happening in the market. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's gotcha. like anything. You can't go through the front door. Yeah. Like you have to find a third door. You have to. If you go, no matter what the product or service is out there, no matter what business you're in, no matter what you do for a living, if you need to get something done and you need another person or a company to do it and they're known for giving people a hard time or they're just hard to get to, if you go through what they say the front door is, you're going to be standing in line like a bozo like everybody else. Yeah. Just, yeah. This all reminds me of Comcast. And I hate <laughs> but like, but yeah. I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like, like I, I know it sounds silly, but, yeah. but like if your cousin worked at Comcast, do you think you'd be having the problems that you're having at Comcast? And if you were, would, yeah. you be, uh, would you be experiencing the same level of lack of support, I'm assuming? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, depends on his, his position. Right? Correct. Yeah. And that's what I meant. Yep, yep. No, I, I don't You would, so. right? Yeah, if, no. if, if your brother was the VP, like, yeah. you, you ain't got problems anymore. <laughs> no, right? you don't. <laughs> and and the, the sad reality is that, like, that is the case. That's yeah. how, no. you know, that's how the economy operates. Yes. And so without being a bad person and stepping on people and cutting, you know, like, you know, stabbing people in the back to get what you want, mm-hmm. like, how do you go about making yourself valuable enough, either by noise or by virtue, in order to get the attention of somebody of some kind of influence in order to make your value known, not just to get what you want. Because if you cry, no matter how loud you cry, give me this, give me that, no one's going to listen to you, right? (laughs) Right. Julian's been crying to Instagram about collaboration and no one has listened to it. Give me back the feature, Instagram. (laughs) They won't, they like have them blocked out completely. They They have me blocked. I I can't collab with any of my posts with Superior. Yeah. I've rolled on the page. Yeah. I've rolled emails. I've uh, I've tried to call them. Emails that bounce back. (laughs) (laughs) I've tried everything. Instagram at Facebook.com or no, whatever it is. You they, know, they took the feature away from me. That's terrible, man. Yeah. So so yeah. add uh, Zuck to the list. Yes. Right? Of, of, of calls I'm, I'm making. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So final, like kind of more restaurant based question. I wanted to ask you, you know, there's a lot of great restaurant owners who are great chefs like Tone and everything like that, that are really good on the food side, but they're not really good on the business side or scaling the business, or really, like, taking the business to the next level. Mm -hmm. They seem to be really good at their niche, which is making the food, running the hospitality, but the business eludes them. And that's why I think at Tono, you guys have best of, you know, the tech world with you, you know, the the construction world with Dario, the the mine with Goran, and then, obviously, the tone, uh, the cherry on top. You hear that, Goran? The mind with Goran. (laughs) The only one with a brain. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he'll he'll never kidding. listen to this, so it's okay. <laughs> never know. You never know. Uh, no, he, I know. <laughs> no, but what is that? What's that tip you can give to kind of you know who who don't might have that support yeah, system yeah. that you guys have to help scale their business in the in the restaurant industry? You know, I, I that that's a great question. Um, you got really good questions. I don't know how long you prep for this. But, <laughs> He's um, done his homework. Trust me. Um, <laughs> Five minutes ago, <laughs> the procrastination. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> um, the the question is isn't you know 
like how do I how do I become that person? Yeah. Right? Because there there's always like speed to scale. Mm-hmm. For me, and, and this is more of a personal response because there's many ways to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's how do I identify, how do I open my mind up to identify what's needed in order to succeed, right? And even if the answer is uncomfortable, it's something that I don't know how to do, I don't want to do, I've yeah. never heard of before, you know, I don't think I can do, I'm not capable of right now. Whatever the answer is, being honest about asking those questions and getting those honest answers. And if you don't know where to get the answers, then accessing resources like, uh, I don't know, the internet, you yes. know, and Google. Google, yeah. Right, YouTube. Google, uh, yeah. Google <laughs> and YouTube. Uh, yeah. and, and being able to identify, you know, some semblance of, of answers to those questions. And then having conversations with people, reading forums, talking to others in your, you know, your, your network um, that either they themselves know or know somebody that knows just to gain access to information to share your ideas because chances are the more you talk to people about things you're passionate about and you demonstrate effort behind that passion, the more you're going to be able to identify people who have similar passions in areas where you're not as strong. And the key here, as I was saying, is if you can form a mutually beneficial relationship where you're both oriented around a similar goal and um, you can piggyback off each other's skills and you keep doing that in life like honestly you can make anything happen like there isn't an industry i've been in four industries like there isn't an industry you can't make inroads in in a big big way the only thing that prevents you know you from not achieving what you want is lack of creativity honestly that's my opinion okay shaz Tell us what faith means to you, how it affects your business, your day-to-day life. Uh, because, you know, I've, I've known you for a little, little while now, probably. And I've seen a very, uh, you know, a better, lack of a better term, a metamorphosis, per mm-hmm. se, uh, that has really enlightened you, grounded you, and given you purpose. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and how that plays a role and who you are, how you conduct your business, how you conduct your day-to-day life. Like I said, you ask great questions, man, and uh, that, that's, that's better stop me when, when, <laughs> when it's time. But, um, you know, for the, I think it behooves people in general to ask themselves, why am I doing what I'm doing, right? Yeah. The majority of the world, and, and again, this isn't like looking down on the, yes. the, you know, the world or anything. I, I, it's just a statement of observation, rather, that the majority of people in the world are kind of willy-nilly doing whatever they think is best or next, right? And what we refer to as success and, and failure is nothing more than our perception of, uh, you know, our putting ourselves in other people's shoes and what, would we be happy or not? That's what we define as yeah. success. The grass greener on the other side. Yeah. And um, like who doesn't want a billion dollars type thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it comes with a lot of problems. Correct. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. But and you still want it though. Exactly. Right. And, and so no one's yeah. going to say no to that question unless they've thought, right? And, yeah. and that's the whole yeah. thing is, is what are you thinking of? How are you thinking? Yeah. Right. And the most important thing uh, I, I guess um, uh, piece of, of your own life that that question applies to is your motivations. Um, and I began asking that question a long time ago of like, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? And how do I know this is like what I should be doing? And 
the the the, philo- the philosophical question the philosophical questions go on and on yeah so i you know just I, I couldn't really get a straight answer because i'm like who am i asking right yeah <laughs> and you're yeah, asking yeah. yourself and so i i had to kind of step back from forms of influence because i figured you know if i don't know the answer and no one else can tell me the answer because they're not me then how do i go about gaining clarity so that i can develop the answer and for me, clarity looked like, I actually wrote a book on this and never released it, um, but it, it looked like stepping away from all forms of influence, uh, primarily media, mm-hmm. right? So that meant unplugging from the internet, unplugging from social media, um, not even letting TV play in the background and uh, you know, not catching up on the news and just seeing what happens, seeing what life looked like, because I wasn't sure how many of the preconceived notions, ideas, initial axioms, and even goals that I had were being informed in the most subtle ways, and some maybe more explicit ways, by things that I heard, read, believed, because other people were saying them, or because I was around people that thought them, mm-hmm. or because it's what I grew up around, right? Yeah. So to remove yourself from the influence means to literally detach yourself from the sources of those influences. Yeah, I think it, it goes on that philosophical question, do we really have free will? Is mm. there real free will or are we just influenced by our parents, our environment, our society, our, the media, all these things? Do I really like something because I <laughs> genuinely, truly like it? Or is yeah. it kind of where I grew up and, and the kids all said this or this? or and Exactly. It, it made me, informed me to like, okay, I got to like this show or I got to like this or else I'm... I got to be like this. Yeah, or outcasted. Yeah, exactly. How did you feel when you unplugged from the world? Uh, at first, it was a lot of angst. It was a lot of FOMO. I just felt like I was missing out. Listen, but, yeah. but, but, but a lot of that came from what, uh, you know, what, what predated that point in time. Like, most of us are, you know, we're, we're plugged in. Yeah, right? we, all, we yeah. all are. Yeah. And, and when you're plugged in and, like... In the Matrix. <laughs> Here we I'm go. Sorry, I had to oh, throw that. There we go. When oh. you say plug, what you in, don't understand is yeah. that the Matrix has you. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. At the end of this, we're going to offer Shaz the red or the blue pill. <laughs> um, you know what? What we're so what we're engaged in a lot of times is you know filling those empty spaces in our day with scrolling and liking yeah. and sharing and consuming most of all, yeah. right? And because you're so preconditioned to that, the lack thereof feels like a void. Yeah. Right? And, and so for that reason, if not for many other reasons uh, at first, and this is actually back in like 2015, I think, for me, mm-hmm. um, when I just pulled the plug, right? And uh, like I said, I didn't know what everyone was up to. I didn't know, I didn't know, you know, who I could learn from because I wasn't doing anything anymore in terms of like observation. So I was like, all right, once that feeling set, set in and I, then I recognized like, okay, I'm going to, I got to stick with this, you know, mm-hmm. just to see what's on the other yes. side of this, um, living life in analog, I call it. Well, then I finally came to terms with it and I decided that it was started to, it was time to start living intentionally. What does that mean? It's not a buzzword. It just meant, okay, well intend on going and doing things that don't involve, uh, plugging back in. So, you know, exercise, going outside, um, actually catching like? up with people. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, but I mean like, you know, like staying, well, yeah, cause I'm on a computer all day. <laughs> um, but I, but I mean like, you know, just 
doing things like you would have done maybe back yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. But, yeah. but now as, Without as an adult. these phones. Correct. Yeah. 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 Because I, it wasn't going off anymore. Like, no. I, I straight up, I stopped even, I turned iMessage off, right? I have an iPhone. And, and this is so funny, but I did it because even that has these little psychological gotchas that they've designed and built into the app. The read receipt, the delivery receipt, the blue bottle bubble, the typing indicator. Yep. And and these are, you know, WhatsApp predates all of this with, with um, iMessage, yeah. but that's another point. The point is that all of these things give you this sense of like addiction, right? Yeah, it does. And so I turned that, I turned it off because that way I wasn't feeling like, oh, you know, they saw that I read it or I, I, I need to like, if I type one letter, like, you know, the indicator's going off. I know it sounds really silly, like, oh, you're thinking way too hard about this stuff, but you'd be surprised. No, you're not. You're right. This impacts Yeah, it, yeah. Right? No. I mean, people people make entire, like, they'll have entire arguments over an emoji, yeah. right? Yes. And, and so it's like, this isn't that far of a stretch. So I went full green bubble, right? I went full Android mode. Yeah. On an iPhone. On an iPhone. And that's when no one wants to talk to you anymore. (laughs) That's how you get it done right there. Get yourself an Android. I'm just kidding. Um, Android's going to come after you. (laughs) No, you know, I challenge everyone who's watching this podcast at this point is like, check your screen time. Like, see what like your screen time is. I get mine every Sunday. Yeah. And what, yeah. And what, like how much your time you're spending on social media. Because you're right, man. There's some times where you're like scrolling. Doom scrolling. Yeah. And you're like, it's like. It's the memes, Hours. man. It's the memes. It it is right, and you're like just <laughs> laughing, and you're like scrolling and this. And I've I've become much more conscious of it. I've set timers on my really? social media apps. Yeah, I've set timers. Thirty Did minutes. Did you have an addiction? I wouldn't say like a, a full blown addiction. So but that's what Addy yeah. says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Emron. And I'm <laughs> I was an alcoholic. I just like liquor. <laughs> no, but it, it, it becomes it becomes this like like you said, mindless scrolling where it's like I have things to do or you know family or whatever the case may be, right? Because it's like sometimes the the biggest. Fear is sitting with your own thoughts. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh my God, I'm thinking to myself, what am I thinking about? And it and it becomes that anxiety and this and that. So I can see where that beginning stage was very difficult to, to, to get above. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, once I started actually living life, uh, I forgot, eventually I, even, I forgot all about this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and it brought me back to this place of like, just living yeah yeah and and not having to think uh and 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 that gave me clarity and that was the goal right is to develop a clarity void of any kind of um deep influence Mm -hmm. because now now you can think for yourself you can determine whether you actually like something or you don't yes you can determine whether you want to do something or you don't Mm -hmm. and you know the the implications of being plugged in and, and taking part in um you know what everyone else is doing isn't just to be counterculture and say, well, everyone's doing it. I'm not doing it. But, you know, you have to understand all of the, these ecosystems were built to addict you. Yeah. Right. They were engineered literally mm-hmm. by neuroscientists and psychologists and app developers working hand in hand together to make sure your screen time goes up and up and up. And, and the, I mean, even to the point of the way your screen is designed, right? Like you'll yeah. never find a post ending right at the bottom of your screen you'll always get a little preview just at the bottom of the next post because that way your brain sees oh there's more there so i'm just going to pull it up a little bit more and a little bit more right yeah yeah even the color patterns you know 100 yeah that goes back to the casino days yeah yeah made the carpets a certain color you know crank that ac up yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
but but yeah, you know, and, and once I uh, once I formed that that clarity, then I felt like my thoughts were mine again. And when you have your own thoughts and you know they're your own thoughts, that's that's a level of freedom that I, I hadn't remembered at that point. Yeah. So I was able to, you know, feel like, okay, I'm actually making decisions now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not trying to take part in just whatever the next trend is. You know, and yeah. that's, I mean, these days, that's that's what I'm seeing. It's, it's like, all trends. It's all trends. Yeah. Right? All Whether trends. you're doing the trend or taking part in a trend or wearing a trend or performing a trend or I don't even know what people are doing anymore. Yeah. Everything's a dance, apparently. Yeah, I was gonna say the TikTok dances. That's a big thing too. Yeah, I had, I had a, a friend like, "Well, why aren't you on TikTok?" I'm like, "Oh, gee, that's just another thing that I have to do. I have to take time out of my day." And saying, scroll yeah. time on that is <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Luckily, we're all old enough and kind of dating ourselves here, but we're all old enough to remember when we didn't have phones and we didn't have this. Yeah. And those and were we the did days. go outside and play, and you know, if I wanted to go see Julian, I have to go knock on his door, right call his house, yeah. you know, talk to his mom. Hey, is Julian home? Can he come out to play? Yeah. This yeah. or that, and it just—I had that type of house. I kind of, <laughs> yeah, I missed that stuff. That's that's how you knew where the real group chat was. You'd yeah. see all the bikes outside. Yes, the house. yes, those <laughs> exactly. were the days. Um, okay, so this was a topic that I wanted to bring up, and I'm I'm happy self help gurus in the self help industry. Oh, <laughs> I just, by the way, I just realized that like I don't even think I'm fully answering his questions because I I like start telling the story, and I know it's going to go on so long, so I'm like making a quarter of the way through, and I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> no, they've been no, they're, they're great. This is this is part one of a part five series. <laughs> this is the Lord of the Rings right. podcast. <laughs> For real, we will be. Back. We are. We are we are like ten steps to Mordor right now. <laughs> um, no, so I, I was uh, really looking forward to this one because as someone who's walked away from social media, like you mentioned, um, you know, you had a platform with tens of millions of views, tens of thousands of readers, listeners, which is super tough to walk away from, right? Because there's that that ego, that thing that that feeds you, right? Uh, and you get so many. F- fake flashy lifestyle people claiming to help people but they're in it for their own ego and gratification um but that's not to count out that there is genuine people out there that are helping i guess my question for all of this is what's your take on this new age self-help uh quote-unquote gurus or industry and and how can someone do it this sincere and genuine way where there is people who want to and is that where it's like, hey, I'm going to do it the genuine way, but it's not a social media thing. I'm going to do it off. Or is there any way to be genuine on social media? That's a series of great questions. Um, I, I want to start answering that by, by saying I'm really glad you didn't introduce me by talking about all of those things that might come off as like bullet points of an introduction on how to introduce somebody. Yeah, I think the introduction for me was uh, better that you're a, a good person. You're uh, down. That to me, those titles to me mean more than this person has 10 million views. Yeah, and right. That yeah. to me is like, hey, doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I, this I is agree. a person you can genuinely talk to who can, you know, clarity and stuff like that. So that's why I yeah. kind of went with that intro. No, I, I appreciate this guy. <laughs> if it was anything else, I would have walked off. <laughs> well, um, we would have got a lot of views for that. <laughs> glad, I'm done. Glad yeah. we didn't do it my way. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, you know, there's always going to be, like I said, when you're plugged in, like you don't even know that you're being impacted necessarily. Mm-hmm. Even if your intentions yeah. are good, they yeah. say, you know, you, you came in to change the system, the system changed you. You've yeah. heard this in law and other places. And it stands true with, uh, you know, social media as well. 
Like you can never be too careful. You always have to check your intentions, and that's really where they got us. Uh, they, I sound like a conspiracy <laughs> theorist. The man, uh, the man, yeah, yeah, behind the curtain. But because you, you you can never be assured that your intentions are pure. You can be assured that you're a good person, perhaps, mm-hmm. and that you're being genuine. But you don't know if you're being pure because you've been tainted by the idea that success and therefore performance and therefore helping others is completely parallel and, and synchronous with gaining more platform, right? And, and that was something that happened to me, right? I was, I just started posting ideas of mine online and, um, you know, through perhaps the uh, eloquence of speech, people found themselves gravitating towards my content, eventually evolving my content from writing to narrations and videos and podcasts and um, suddenly there was an audience there, right? And for somebody who grew up teased and, and you know, feeling smaller than they were, this was an opportunity for me to be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, now I'm the man, now what, you know? And I, I think this is, you know, they call it the hero's journey, they call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone, I shouldn't say everybody, but, but it, it's, uh, it's seen as praiseworthy to pursue the hero's journey. But what, what is praiseworthy in there that, you know, you are no longer the thing that people thought you were? Well, who cares what they thought to begin with, right? right. That never defined you to begin with. The mistake is that you believed that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. And you spent so long trying to grow out of something that you never were, right? You were always yourself. And so if you're trying to help people and if you're trying to, you know, if you have a skill of self-development or of motivation – and you want to share that with people, you can do that in your everyday life. Yeah. Honestly. And that's the best way to do it is live your message. My problem with the industry at large, and this is true of people who I know that I haven't talked to in a while that are now, you know, doing extremely well in that industry, very notorious, and others who are continuing to try to build that platform, very, very few of them are actually living the message that they give on stage wow. now I, i'm i'm yeah i don't want to drop names but yeah. like that's that's the way it is and and i felt like i was muddled up in in that uh you know in that in that state as well because i didn't know who i was anymore i'm like really like ever, this is how it is like yeah, you that's know, not you right it's yeah. like this two-faced thing going yeah. on and people don't want to admit it they don't want to talk about it you very rarely will you hear this mm-hmm. about you know, some of the most noteworthy people in that industry um, because they're given great messages, but offline they're, they're just not, you know, they're, they're not, I don't want to say they're not who they say they are because I don't know their heart, mm-hmm. you know, but, but it's certainly not coming off that way. And I didn't want to be associated with that. In fact, I felt two faced. So that's one of the many reasons I just kind of turned it all off. Right. The imposter and I, syndrome. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I got, at my scale, which wasn't even like, you know, global or anything, uh, I got like hate mail for it, you know, because what I realized is that the reason mo- the motivation industry feels so good, and I, I mean feels so good, not is good, but, but that's a separate thing, right? Why it feels so good is because when you, when you motivate somebody else, when you make them feel positive, you feel positive in return, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't pay attention to why you're doing what you're doing, again, the why, you could be doing it because it's making you feel good. And now you're going to say and do anything in order to feel good. 
That's dangerous. That's extremely dangerous because you could say and do, I mean, you could say all the right things, but you could be doing all the wrong things and no one would know. And even if they did know, no one may question you. And that's how you end up with that internal battle and and people having kind of this dichotomous personality. Um, I didn't want that because that's like literally the antithesis of what I was trying to develop. This, I was trying to merge and unify who I was. Like the people that, uh, you know, people will come to know of me should be the person that I am no matter what. Yeah, But that's an inside job. And you just can't get clarity on that inside job when there's all this noise everywhere. You can't do it. Yeah, that's, I I fully agree. And I think the thing with us too, even when we started this podcast, I think we had to ask, like, what are we doing this for? Right? What is the purpose of this? And we quickly realized, obviously, this is not some, like, way to sell homes or do no. anything like that right it, it's for sure not and we don't expect any return i think my main reason and i think even gorn asked me this uh my main reason was like i really want to get to know people and it seems like in this noise world where it's like if i do go out with someone it's like they're checking the phone i'm in my phone this that or the restaurant settings turn it off moving <laughs> around like i'm like yo what better way to sit and chat with someone and I, I, it is a little crazy with the, the lights and the, the camera stuff, but, like, I'm listening to you. You're listening to me. Like, it's such a, like, a moment in time where I can just, like, give my full undivided attention and not worry about anything else. And it's, like, I want to then translate that more into uh, when I am talking with people. And it is that whole craziness going on. You know, yesterday we were at that event, and there's just so much stuff going on. Chambers event. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're trying to have a genuine conversation with someone and it's like, um, whether you're guilty of it or the other person's guilty of it, you know, you're kind of looking this way or that way, who's entering in, who's this, or, oh, my phone, or... Right. Right. And at one point, I kid you not, when someone was speaking on the thing, I looked around and almost every single person on were on, on their, their phone. Phones. Yeah, it was in a room full of what, 620 people yes. at that event at the uh, St. Paul River Center. Yes, and it was it yeah, it was it was it was over crazy. half of the people were on their phones yeah, just checking. Yeah, for sure. So, probably you know, yeah, cuz they were just tuned out from what the speaker was saying and he probably put his heart and soul into that speech. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about all that. Well, I, I sure mean, hope that wasn't his heart and soul. You never know. You never know. Yeah, you never know. I mean, that's true. But. Getting up and talking in front of 600 people is that's a lot. That's mm-hmm. you just don't wing it. Yeah. You know? So I mean, you could. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't think he did cuz he was the host for the night. Anyway, let's just yeah, let's keep going. I don't want him to find this and then he comes after me. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, I did wing it." <laughs> I would have for sure winged it. <laughs> hey, everybody. Um, okay, kind of going off our last question, you know, you left social media and um, you know, I always use this word for you cuz I really like it, a recluse. It, oh you always remind yeah. me, I don't know, uh, one of my favorite movies and trilogies the Batman trilogies, right? You and, better not and say the Joker. No, no, no. For sure not the Joker. The Bruce Wayne and the third movie. The, where The he, Christopher Nolan. The, of course. Is the, there okay. any other one? The Dark Knight. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the last one uh-huh. where he, he goes and becomes a recluse and no one's seen Bruce Wayne for years on years. <laughs> and he's just in his manner. That's sometimes what I think of Chaz. I'm like, he's just in his house in his wooded lot and like no one sees him. Yeah. Basically, right? Um, and yeah. you know, and, and, and I, I find solace in that. And I'm like, yo, sometimes you need that. Um, you know, and I have that, I have that personally, I have that own battle 
too because it's like at one point you're trying to satisfy your human nature of being social being around people feeling that because that's human right we're social creatures but at the same time it's like i want to get into like a wooded cabin no connection at all and and really silence the noise uh to better learn my own thoughts feelings purpose um and we just want to get your take on that and you know what that reclusiveness has brought you right oh, sorry that term man yeah i love no, it um well you know to <laughs> I, I did that. Like, I stepped away, and mm-hmm. I mentioned kind of why I did that, mm-hmm. right? Um, of course, there's other factors, but what I learned is I gain a lot of peace from being quiet. Yeah. Right? Um, I'm, I'm an introvert, whatever that even means anymore. I mean, they say it means that you recharge, you know, by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, you know, I, I think I... I had a lot of experiences on the other end of the spectrum in, in perceived extroversion. The world doesn't reward introverts. I'm just going to call it like it is. Unless you're extremely, extremely talented, mm-hmm. which I guess that's in the eye of the beholder, but um, you're, you're, you're not rewarded socially for being that way. In fact, the question is always, why are you so quiet? Yeah. Right? What's wrong? Is everything Okay. Ain't nobody asking the other people, like, why are you so loud? Yeah, why no. are you always talking? Yeah. Is everything that, okay? That needs yeah. to be asked. Correct, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, nothing against my extroverted friends and, and partners and everything. Like, yeah. it, 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 it takes both, right? It takes all kinds. Yeah. Um, in fact, I, I, ideally, I would like to consider myself more of an ambivert. But I, I had spent so much time in my formative years uh, trying to be extroverted and actually succeeding at it because... Well, when you understand psychology, you understand people. And when you understand people, then you know how to interact with them in a way that makes them feel like, you know, they're important uh, in that moment, even if you don't give two you-know-whats about what they're saying. Yeah. Um, But that also feels really manipulative, right? Mm -hmm. And so I had to step away from the desire to want to be there and uh, just, like, entertain. Even if it wasn't pure entertainment, just be present. Just be present with Um, them. And, and so I was like, you know, what is the other, I'm a person of extremes. Like, you know, I, I, I just, I was like, okay, I've been living the social life for so long. What does the other side look like? Right. And I just found a lot of uh, grace and, and peace in that. In fact, I think it's affected my demeanor too, because I'm not as, um, if I may say so, as animated in, in my, uh, emotional expressions anymore, which to me brings me contentment because, you know, life is a series of experiences and you react to those experiences, right? And your reactions are going to give way to how you're feeling for the better part of that day or that moment. Um, Those reactions are going to be positive or negative. They're going to range on the scale from euphoria to absolute, you know, nearing depression or, or sadness, right? And if I can get more moments in the middle... Well, that's contentment, yeah, right? I'm not trying to enough. live a euphoric life all the time. A, that's yeah. not sustainable. Yep. B, it gives you zero appreciation for the lows yep. or, or the highs, right? And so to, to get to that middle ground, um, I've just had to do a lot of self-reflection in terms of, you know, okay, what is it that I heard or felt that's making me be this way? Um, and, and really putting a lot of thought into what I'm about to say before I say it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Which a lot of people need to do. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I really appreciate that trait because it 
it gives pause and it, it demonstrates that I'm, I'm thinking, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm actively participating in this idea versus I, I, I have an idea and therefore it's worth coming out, right? Um, I don't know. There, there's something about, I, I think, society at large, we are, especially in the modern era, um, not to sound like a traditionalist, but we suffer from the idea that just because I think it or feel it means it's true. Mm-hmm. That, that's it's not. not. It's no, not, it's not. not right? Your feelings aren't you. Your thoughts aren't you. These are things that just pass by. And if you make the mistake of making them you, you're going to end up living a, a, a very tumultuous life because you're going to have mm-hmm. a lot of ups and a lot of downs. And some people call that a great life lived, right? To me, that's chaotic, um, but that's my nature, and I, I want to escape chaos. My, my goal is to um, you know, have as little chaos as possible, and where I know and can expect chaos, I'm trying to manage that, whether it's business or friendship or family or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, but then again, I, I like, I don't, I'm not big on surprises and stuff, and so I think that's part of the, the self-protective mechanism where I'm constantly analyzing everything, Right. And I wouldn't, not necessarily overthinking, but like t- uh, taking consideration of what could be and, and what might be, right? And, and pondering over it um, because that's just less surprises for me. Yeah. Like, there isn't an outcome that would be like, oh my God, how, where, where, when, you know, mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Yeah, I always find it funny because it's like, uh, you know, the biggest punishment in like, quote unquote, a jail or prison is solitary. Solitary, yeah, yeah, yeah. Solitary. you're going to the hole. Like, yeah, you're going to <laughs> sit by yourself and, and not do anything, even though you're probably not friends with any of these people in, in the prison. So it's like, Why I always send me to prison, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, no, I'm just saying because it's like that, that is like a, a quote unquote punishment. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I if guess. you don't go out and socialize with people and you stay home, they think that you're well, in your prison at, at but, your house. Yeah. But, but hear me out, right? Like just because, just to be clear for the record, like, I like solitude, but that doesn't mean uh, that uh, you know yeah. I, I'm forcing myself uh, to like stay away from people. Yes. No, no, not celibate not. from social. You know, <laughs> like I think it's 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 uh, mindless social. Uh, like you said, sometimes you're like I could care less small talk, about. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, this I, just, or that. I, I don't care for small talk. Um, to your point, like when people talk to me about some thing that I it isn't relevant or there is not a deeper meaning to it or there's not some, uh, you know, something to learn there. I'm like, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. I don't <laughs> care. I, right. do, I don't care about what the Kardashians have going on. Yeah. Like, I don't care about that. Started. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's one of Shaz's vices. Is yes, that's, <laughs> that's it. All, All of this. Come on, dude. <laughs> I got you with that one. I couldn't even believe it. We've just been here for, for an hour real. talking about it. <laughs> hey, you guys look a little hungry. Check this out right now, and you guys got to order it right now.
Jazz, uh, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. You know, we're always curious to know our guests' lives before all the titles, the accolades, the, you know, who they become later. Because whether the past was a good one or a bad one, it still shapes you. And just kind of piggybacking off of Julian's favorite question to ask our guests is, if you could tell your past self something, what would that be? Mm. Really good question. Which part do you want an answer to first? Whatever part you want to kind of break down. Yeah. You know, I think I think who you the, are. The, the upbringing brings us to the, uh, the ultimately the question or the the tip or advice you give your past self. Yeah, um, I was born in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my family came to the United States um, in the seventies and eighties. Um, my grandparents, uh, my my grandfather, my maternal grandfather, um, he passed away in two thousand four. But he was a nuclear scientist um, and a writer, and he arrived to the United States on um, what's known as an O visa mm-hmm. um, for having like special talents in a specific field, and that side of the family gave me a lot of um, like academic uh, inclinations. So that's where like my reading and, and you know, my, is that your dad's side or mom's side? Sorry. Maternal. Mom. Oh yeah. Okay. I didn't yeah, hear yeah. that part. All right. No, it's all good. Um, and so, you know, that, that, that's, that's my mom's side. Uh, my dad's side, um, you know, they were in business overseas. Um, so they, they, I'm kind of a mutt. Like if you go far back enough, like the countries as we call them today didn't exist. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think there's there's Pakistan, there's India, um, there's Iran, um, there's Turkey, and then uh, somehow I went on twenty three and me, and I got like third cousins. First of all, I had to look up what a third cousin is, but they're like in Israel. I'm like, what? How? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, how. I never heard of that. How? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, the world was connected before the internet. Just saying. <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, that, that's, uh, I, I would highly recommend, uh, the, those genetic sites, uh, regardless of their, their data privacy. Uh, yeah. okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so my, my dad, um, when he got to the U S, um, he joined the United States uh, army. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he was traveling quite a bit when, when I was a kid and, uh, that left me with, uh, you know, my, my mom and, and her family, and uh, so, like I said, a, a lot of my tendencies and, and inclinations, and though even those that I've I've kind of self reflected on, and had to determine like, is this what I want to do and be, um, came from there, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and you know how it is, right? Like when when people come from economic insecurity in pursuit of economic security, this is the land of opportunity, right? Um, a certain mindset develops on how you achieve that. Because you don't know what you don't know. And you only know what you do know. Which is kind of paradoxical because now that's what you teach. That's what you teach your kids. Mm -hmm. And even if you don't explicitly teach them that, this is what they pick up from the way that you are as a parent or as a family member or an elder in the family. Kids learn from actions much more. Absolutely, right? And so the entire narrative for me, and I think this is true for many people, especially with um, uh, an immigrant background, uh, was, you know, you, you go to school, you get a job, then you get a house and then you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it was never put like that, but it it was kind of like this underlying understanding. Yes. Right. And me being somebody that always not just questioned the status quo, but 
wanted to determine why something was true, why everyone was doing like anytime I see everyone doing the same thing, like it's all good that that's what I kind of derived from my family. But when I started to notice that like every, like an overwhelming majority of people were like this, I started to ask the question that I think everyone should ask no matter what it is. And that's what's everybody doing right now? Well, why, why is this happening? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of, gave me the, you know, the, the, put the question in my mind of like, is there another way? Right. What does that even look like? Um, and for me, that was entrepreneurship, like trying to do something for yourself, not because of all of the actual benefits and hard work that comes from it, um, or trying to escape the matrix or the system or anything. (laughs) Right. Um, but really just like, there has to be another way to do this thing called life, right? This can't yeah. be all that there is. And this is way before I ever had like a career as an engineer or anything. Mm-hmm. I just, I was just like, all right, so everybody does this thing where they wake up at a certain time and go here at a certain time and like clock in, clock, clock in, out. clock out, mindless yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, or, or even if they like enjoy what they're doing, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. what if I want to do something else that, what if I want to sleep all day? You know, what, what if I want to change, uh, what, what if I want to change like, what I'm doing period, right? Like it's harder to do that when you're, when you're pre-programmed into a series of actions based on an understanding that this is what I must do. Right. And so I had to back up and ask like, what is it that I must do and why must I do it? And to answer your, you know, to kind of allude to your prior question, the only thing that that stands true for, for me is faith. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that I must and, that's a whole nother discussion as to the must portion of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But everything else is human opinion. Everything else is public psychology. Everything else is culture and family and tradition and yep. respect and dignity. And all of these things, they have a place, they exist, they're valuable, mm-hmm. but they're also constructs. Yeah. And as with any construct, they're malleable. Right. And depending on where you come from and how you see each of those constructs, you can do what you want with it. Now, the same is true of faith as well. In fact, many bad actors have, you know, gone out of their way to uh, malform principles of, of many faiths in, in order to do just that. Mm-hmm. But I think short of bad actors, there's a genuine way to reasonably and, and righteously question what it is that you're doing, even if it's the most fundamental principle thing, right? To me, I'm a person of reason. And everything I do and everything I believe is, is uh, in the realm of reason. If I can't reason my way through it up until the point of taking a leap of faith, yeah. as is the case with faith itself or entrepreneurship, I just can't get down with it because yeah. it's like, why am I even doing this? Yeah. And a lot of people don't question, like you said, culture, tradition, quote unquote, societal norms, stuff like that. They don't, they just kind of go along with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, <clears throat> and Everyone is guilty of this. Even my, my mom mom would say certain things like, oh, you got to do this or don't clip your nails at night or this or, is a bad omen or something. I'm like, well, it's like sometimes you question like, well, where did you get that from? Correct. What is their scientist, scientific? No, it's just you know? what they were taught from their parents. Yeah, exactly. And it's just kind of just kind of. Yeah, you you have to decide what sources of authority you're willing to accept. Yeah. Because for example, if, if they say if they or whoever, right, your parents or anybody, if, if somebody informs you that you shouldn't do something and, and you're, you know, like strong minded enough to question that 
and ask the very person who told you that why, and they're able to give you an answer, and that answer suffices you because you you truly believe that to be true. No problem, right? If don't don't commit this crime. Well, why? Well, because you're a bad person when you do that, or perhaps you know the next layer like you will go to jail. Like those are both valid reasons to not do that thing, mm-hmm. right? Which means you subscribe to the authority of law enforcement or the, the law, right? Or you subscribe to the idea that being a certain type of person and doing a certain type of thing makes you, it categorizes you as someone who's untrustworthy or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And so, again, I think it's just, you know, what source of authority are you willing to accept as being true? Um, which is probably something that an anarchist would say. Yeah. But I'm not condoning anarchy. Yeah. <laughs> no, obviously you just no. said, you know, you got you to gotta be a law-abiding principles. citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you seen that movie, Law-Abiding Citizen? Of course. They put him in a that solitary was a too. Yeah, a they movie. did. <laughs> I'm not sure who the bad guy was. Yeah, it, it kind of blurs the lines there, uh, but it is one of my favorite movies, and it's it's... it's it's a crazy movie. It's like, what can we do as to the most horrific point to this right. man <laughs> for him to go on a rampage? Um, okay. <laughs> I might watch that movie this weekend. That was a really good one. It was, I've watched it a few times. It, it is a really good movie. Um, if I were to go back and tell my childhood self one thing, mm-hmm. um, it, it would be that you have to be able to think for yourself. This has been a common theme in this whole conversation. Mm-hmm. But you just, your thoughts aren't for sure yours until you've made sure they're yours. How can one, how can one claim or like for sure, no, yeah, these are my original thoughts. Because again, when you've lived such a, you know, a life more than let's say 10 years or something, right? There's influences, parental influences, environmental influences, media influence, especially for kids nowadays where it's like a constant. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think we don't give children enough credit. I mean, a, a lot of, you know, what we call gifted children um, or, or lack thereof rather is simply not purely, but, but simply like the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can get into, uh, if, you, if you're in the right environment that's conducive to certain ways of thinking, um, I think it opens you up to being able to be more perceptive even at a very young age, right? Like there's no reason a young child can't ask the big questions. Mm -hmm. The only reason I think it sounds surprising or like silly or like why would you ask a kid to, why would you give that advice to yourself as a kid, like go play or something, is because there's a culture that exists that believes certain things about children, right? That you know, they're, they're too young to understand that or, you know, let them be kids. Well, okay, but that's not stopping them. That's just allowing them to understand life better at an earlier age. Right. That That's why I would give myself that advice because I, I've always been just a curious George to reference one of my favorite cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> you really age yourself there, Shaz. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that's a good thing. I think parents limit uh, their kids. Maybe because they don't know how to give the great advice either to them. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to go about that, especially, you know, with how you talk to your kid, how I talk to mine yeah. or whatever. Like, you know, maybe they just don't know. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that, too? 
not no, just absolutely. I mean, there's no there's no playbook to parent. No, there's right? not. There's no instruction manual. Like you don't know what you're doing, and and but but the the key here is if you're not careful, you're just perpetuating what was uh, taught to you. Yeah. Right. Or what you picked up. Yeah. And that's the default behavior that everyone does. Right. Would yep. they do this in relationships? We do this in jobs. Mm-hmm. We do this in in parenting. Like you're all you're a culmination of the ideas and the behaviors that were around you that formed your own and that you're kind of stereotyping yourself into. So the point is to develop kind of a mirror and reflect on the fact that sure, there's no manual, but that doesn't mean there isn't another way. So if I can experiment in a, in a, in a positive way, then I can see the fruits of, of that experimentation. And if it's a good fruit, if it's not a rotten fruit, I'm going to stick with that. Mm-hmm. And if children see that or colleagues or subordinates or, uh, you know, business partners see that, then that's just more trust being put in that individual. And that's another good seed being planted because, you know, good perpetuates good. Yeah. Yes, I, agree. I think in a, in a micro uh, thing of that is like, I, I always say this, like my parents say no nutrition. You know, like yeah. they didn't know like what was good and what was bad and all of this junk in certain foods is bad. And even till today, like, you know, it's like corn oil or this or that, which is like, I finally learned that. And I grew up and it's like, I've banned and outlawed like cookies and other stuff in my house. Unless it's, 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 it's like, to me, I'm like, Hey, if you, and I tell my son all the time, I'm like, if you want to eat something quote unquote sugary, there's a banana right there. There's an apple. There's oranges. There's stuff like that where they're mm-hmm. a little bit more sweet on the sweet side. Yeah. Um, rather than eating all of that stuff and then growing up uh, to n- not have good nutritional things because everything I feel like starts there in regards to your gut health mm-hmm. goes to your brain health. Um, and, and when you eat like crap, and I've experienced this firsthand, when you eat like crap, you feel like crap. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it's big on, and I've also noticed, like I always tell, <clears throat> it's funny because I always tell my son to like work out. This is the old saying, like you can tell a child a hundred times, like do something, uh, they won't do it. But when they see, see you, you doing, doing it, it, then so, they'll do it. Yeah. So like, I've always told him, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not telling him like go lift weights or become like Arnold <laughs> or something. Right. Isn't but I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like run or like thing and this and that. But he saw me the other day, like in the morning doing push ups and doing this. And he just came, sat down, and started doing push-ups with me. They're yeah. sponges. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, oh. Kids are sponges. Yeah, exactly. It's like the whole, like, you can, I'm telling you, you can tell kids till your face is blue. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, whatever, dude. Right. But and, when and they th- see you. And that's why authenticity that we were talking about in the, in the singularity of, of persona is so important. Mm-hmm. Because if, if your own children see you saying one thing and doing another, yeah, what do you think they're going to look at? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nobody's going to listen. Yeah, yeah. No. The no, next no, thing no. I'm working on is less phone, more books, and stuff like that. So I like uh, it. What about audiobooks? Uh, I do do audiobooks, but I want to get him into, like, actual Reading. books before jumping to the audio. I feel like you have to graduate to the audio because you've got to really you need focus. A phone. 
No, I'm no, no, no. I'm I'm trying to get rid of the no, the, the phone. I do like the the whole phone. That's why I've I've done like screen time and limit apps and stuff like that. I mean, mm. these guys can attest. I don't answer after eight. <laughs> these I guys, love it. These guys can attest. They have, uh, they'll get a text back from me like in the morning. Aren't you in an industry where like? Yeah, <laughs> which is like that's what I yeah. hate. It's like this industry of like I'm available all the time, anytime. I'm in my casket and I'm available. No, like, what, what is it? I'm available nights and weekends. Yeah, I'm available that's, nights and weekends and twenty four seven. Like, why? Like, it's like, listen, like, what possibly could be such a uh, a cause for commotion where it's like I can't respond in the morning. It's uh-huh. like 8, 9 p.m. at night. And it's like, I want to spend time with my family. Now, again, there is things that do come up. I'm not going to say I completely disregard everything. Yeah. <laughs> there I'm is, sure there's a handful of clients. Yeah, that, there's a yeah. handful yeah. of clients or emergencies or things where it's like, I know like, okay, tonight they're going to contact me wanting to write an offer or this or that. Yeah. So obviously I keep it. But, you know, uh, no offense, Julian or Alec or someone, if they hit me up, I'm sure it's a great idea they have or something like that. Hey, tomorrow morning. Let's do that idea. Let's execute on it and everything like that. I think I'm such a big component on like getting a good night's rest to be ready for tomorrow. To be to present. Tackle. Yeah. Yeah. Because if, you, if you don't have enough hours to sleep, you're not present. At yeah. All. So, so I'm, 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 I'm big on that. So kind of going off the whole parent theme, um, you know, I, I met your dad a couple of years ago yeah. uh, for the first time. And I, I, I'll be honest, I was a bit shocked because both of you seem very different on the face of it. <laughs> right. Um, but after reflecting, I do see a lot of his traits in you. You know, you said he's a military man. Um, you know, most military men are, are men of discipline, men of structure, men of order. You know, he has a very no BS <laughs> yeah. uh, attitude, which I admire in this new uh, this new world, you know, this new digital age world where quote unquote, you know, masculinity is considered either toxic or harmful or, uh, you know, so what's your take on the male role in society and families and communities? Because I think it's such an important role, um, to have that, that figure where there is disciplinary, there is structure, there is order, you know, and it, it might seem at the time, like sometimes when I'm tough with my kid, and I tell him, no, he can't have the cookies or this or that. At that time, he's like, oh, I hate you, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but hopefully later on, he comes to see where I was coming from. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, we're in a, a day and an age and a space now where to have opinions on something as uh, simple and historical as gender role seems to possibly also be offensive. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, a big, big, big thing right now. I know. I, I, Huge. Right. Just to... I, I saw this video, I'm sorry, you guys. I saw this video today of this guy asking his uh, fiance or quote, soon to be fiance to ask her to marry him. But she asked him to uh, record her. her dad, him asking her dad mm-hmm. for his blessings and stuff. And like people in the comments, like, how dare he ask her dad, oh, blah, oh, blah, the blah. Patriarchy blah. Is yeah, alive. like, yeah, oh, like, oh, God. like, where cat? I'm like, <clears throat> so, like, the, yeah, the, the, I don't have the term for what this is, mm. uh, but it's a thing, right? Where uh, there's a trend, right? And people inclined to follow it because everyone's doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, many are. And that trend is simply nothing other than a manifestation of we need to undo the old way because mm-hmm. there's now a new way, mm-hmm. right? And I can respect innovation. I get that, mm-hmm. right? 
But when you do it on everything, about everything, about things that never needed it. Innovation, yeah. And and the, it, it's not so much that you've tried a thing. It's that, okay, you tried it and it didn't stick, but now you're forcing it, mm-hmm. right? And to me, that's disingenuous now because this is no longer uh, genuine innovation. Mm-hmm. This is an attempt to outdo and undo what was in order to bring something else just for the sake that that wasn't mine, this is, right? There's probably many questions I would have for somebody who's perpetuating um, those ideas because I, I want to understand, you know, why is this important? Where did you get this idea? And how do you know that this is any more true than the thing that you're trying to undo, right? But anyway, I digress. Yeah. I, I don't know. To me, it's like it's like the whole saying: if it's not broken, you know, why don't try fix to it. fix it? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I I just don't get it. You know, there's there's a lot of things, and and it's like well, studies have been done. Well, I mean, not not just studies. It's like when I look at history. I mean, and and this is one thing that uh, society at large, especially like groups of people, just uh, we consistently fail to do, and that's learn from history, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, we see this on the geopolitical sphere. We see it in business, uh, yeah. and and really every vertical. And and so, if I look historically, I see that whether a person likes it or not, that there are attributes that are generally seen as masculine. There are attributes that are generally seen as feminine. Those attributes are carried by a certain quality of people who have certain roles, and those roles have led them to achieve and be able to achieve certain things. And perhaps people don't like those you know, those classifications, and in order to break a ceiling that isn't there, they want to kind of mix it all up and mm-hmm. say anybody can do anything, which isn't a bad statement in and of itself, but it doesn't require the deconstruction of every institution that ever was mm-hmm. on the grounds of, uh, you know, innovation. Yeah. Or, or, or just, you know, doing it better. Not, not, just because it's new doesn't mean it's better, right? Correct. And the problem is there's always something new. That's mm-hmm. my problem, mm-hmm. is that there's always something there's always new. There's always something new. Like, this is not, everything's just a trend. Can I just stick to something that not just feels for the sake of my emotions as traditional, but actually has historical value because it's lasted. Can I stick to that? Or do I must, must I be demonized for being traditional in that particular sense? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a weird time because like you said, this new thing hasn't even been tested or this or that. We don't know the end results of this new thing, right? We don't know it if it is. The, the problem is it doesn't matter what the results are because the institutions that propagate the newness never stick around long enough for the um, outcome to be witnessed, tested in a scientific fashion. Yeah. If it doesn't feel like it's working, we're just on to the next new thing, yeah. right? And, and I mean, look at the last 20 years in any capacity in digital behaviors, in what app is hot, in what people are doing, in what's considered trendy, in what's considered empathic, in how to demonstrate empathy, in how to be a good parent. There is a course on everything about everything, about how the old way is wrong and the new way is right, mm-hmm. right? And that's just just patently not true all the time. It can be true. And in fact, you know, back when mass media and the traversion of information wasn't as fast, that was an innovative edge. Like, hey, everyone's been doing it this way. Let's try it this way. That was yep. actually innovative. Yep. But now it's happening with everything and anybody at, at all costs. 
So it's not worth anything anymore. Why should I believe it? Yeah. yeah. And then there's just that outrage community that just outraged about every single <laughs> little silly thing. Yeah. And it's Which is why self-reflection is important because if you can control your emotional response to something that someone says and you don't like it, you can you can actually continue to live in a content continue culture. to scroll or not comment or this or that it's just it's just, just keep hilarious. it pushing you know it's not even worth it to you gotta do it yeah yeah but a lot of people don't so yeah, no, they don't. um okay you know last question in our in our trilogy of series here of podcast um uh last question what's some advice you can share with our listeners and viewers you know i remember when i asked you to do this podcast i mentioned that maybe somewhere out there there's a kid like you or like me who's a little lost in purpose or is trying to find their way what's something you could bestow upon them that would you know hopefully shed some light in this uh so-called journey of life asking the important questions mm-hmm. um you know I, i'm i'm just here Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, perhaps somebody finds value in something I'm saying or, or would say, um, but the, the, I'm, I'm trying to think of the most grand and, and general way to put this to be yeah. most applicable, but continuing to be curious is very important. Yeah. Right. Like staying curious. Uh, maybe that's Steve Jobs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like something he would have said. Um, we'll get you a turtleneck for the next one. Oh, I, I have plenty. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, c- continuing to ask questions is just so it's so, so important um, yeah. because if you don't ask, you'll end up doing something that someone told you to do. Mm-hmm. And because you never asked, you'll never determine if that was uh, the best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll never even determine if that was effective. And uh, I, I think one of the the largest tragedies that can occur in the ongoing life of a human being is to not ask questions and f- and and ask at the very end and be like, "That could have been different." Mm-hmm. You know, regret. Mm-hmm. Your life could have been different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, uh, kind of, again, going back to what we were saying to me, it's like, uh, you know, think for yourself and everything. I know when you're a kid, the, you know, it's it's really tough because you want to assimilate, you want to have the quote unquote, you know, friends and this and that. Um, and sometimes you start to shed your identity or who you are or your thoughts are to you know, be a part of something that where you think you need or want or something like that. Like, I want to be with the cool kids in the lunch cafeteria or this or whatever the case may be. Uh, and you start to shed away your your traditions or your culture, stuff that you believe in and, and love uh, just to uh, assimilate with those people. And I'm, I'm like, just take a step back. Think about it. Do you really, is the grass really greener on that side? Is the, those people really something where you're willing to give up? you know, who you are as a person yeah. to to be around. Is the approval of other people worth it? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is why being a recluse is... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it never I'm is. I'm telling you. <laughs> it hey, never is. Hey, Bruce Wayne came out to fight Bane, so... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's Bane? Who's Bane? <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't know the trilogy? Uh, the no, I mean here. Yeah, oh, here. Oh, oh, Batman oh, is. Oh, this guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, he brings his mask out. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm out. Bane is actually my favorite character in that whole well, series. There you go. I, I love Bane. Really? No psychoanalysis there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just I just like his his character. That's all. He was pretty cool. No, he was. Um, 
you know, I'm a big Alfred guy. I like I like Alfred. He's just coasting through. <laughs> Alfred, what? <laughs> yeah, see? Maybe liking them side characters. Right. <laughs> the side to the side character. <laughs> like, I'm the guy who plays the video games and loves the side missions. <laughs> Go grab a berry from this guy over here. <laughs> okay, um, Shaz, thank you so much for your time. We know how valuable it is. Uh, we're eternally grateful for you to come here today. Um, thank you for speaking with us, our, our viewers, our listeners. We really enjoyed this podcast. We hope you come back in the future. Inshallah, Tonos will be everywhere globally. When I go to Dubai, I will see a Tono. Um, that's Habibi, literally, come yeah, to Dubai. Yes, that's literally what I'm waiting for because I know Gordon implanted that in my head one day. And I was like, I want to be the manager there. <laughs> uh, no, we, we, we pray for your continued success and above all your health and the health of your family. Um, I know when you're back, you'll be wiser than ever. So we're lo really looking forward to that. And um, everyone, please subscribe, comment what you took away from this wonderful and insightful podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, thanks, everyone. And we'll be back for episode 14. Thank you for having me. Thanks, See guys. You. Thank you.